You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, uh, your host, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith. Uh, we got a good one here for you, um, brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, we're going to jump in here pretty quickly today with your... Uh, Daily dose of all things. I'm sorry, daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. As we are joined here today, and it's nice to say, pro bowler, all pro, left guard, Joel Batonio. Joel, for the first thing first, thanks for taking a time out for us. Uh, how's everything going? Good, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, happy to join you guys. But it, it's been good, man. We are uh, in the swing OTAs. You know, it's a little bit different for alignment because we don't really get to truly you know, test ourselves till training camp, but it's been good to really get in with the team and learn the fundamentals and, and just try to improve little things each and every day and uh, and be out there, man. We get to play football for a living, so it's, it's cool to be out there and just kind of rolling through things. So there's a couple of things I wanted to jump into to sort of, to sort of throw you off a little bit. <laughs> what, I, I know you are, you are a Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, you know, grew up with those Lakers teams. Big fan. What do you What are your thoughts on what's going on with them right now? Um, it's been tough, you know. And honestly, probably uh, since last time I talked to you, Pete. I mean, like was I don't know five years ago, like when I was on with you or, or you did an interview with me. But I mean, it's a, a lot of change. We went through some rough years there. Kobe's retired. You know, that was my guy, and I uh, I actually got to meet him. He came and talked to the team before the Denver game. Oh, that's right. Was, that's like, right unbelievable but um they're going through some stuff you know i i don't mind the hire i think if they get the right pieces of course the lottery balls you know went our way got the fourth overall pick so um i think i think lebron needed that year to let body rest he's been to so many playoffs he's been to all these different things he just needed a, a year to sit back watch everybody else and be like all right i'm ready to attack again and uh kind of give it all give it his run for at least one or two more years how, how is your hoops game looking right about these days Oh, man, besides, like, shooting a few baskets in my backyard or at the gym, like, I have not played. And I'm a little bit heavier than I was last time I played, too, so it's, it's probably a little bit off. That's, that's when I'm retired, you know, way down the road. I can play in some men's leagues, you know. Hopefully I'm not too hurt by that. So if, if the Browns were going to divide their roster into a couple five-on-five teams, are, are you going to make one of those teams? Yeah. I'm too fundamentally sound. I'm, I have too much experience. You know, I I just remember DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard I played against in high school. I'm not saying I locked them down or anything, but I was on the same court as those guys, and I know I scored double digits pretty much every time we're on the court together. So I think there, that alone, I can I can stay in front of somebody, get some rebounds, set some picks, get some putbacks, a couple post moves, some kickouts. You know, I have a I have enough of an ability to to make the team better, and I'd probably only be able to give them a couple minutes at a time, running up and down the court, or it have to be like a half court battle, but. But I, I, I do it enough for sure. Nice. So, you know, putting it out there, Kawhi Leonard, overrated. Uh, for, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, I was really high on Joel when he was coming out of Nevada, and, and he's put in a ton of work to become one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Uh, I feel like we did it. You know, we made it. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and I had a chance to interview you before the draft that year. Obviously, you mentioned it. And, and I bring that up for two reasons. First, for posterity's sake. When I talked to you, where did I have you going in the draft? 35th overall to the Cleveland Browns. Nailed it. Now, 
full disclosure, I put Joel at the wrong spot. I put him at right tackle. I sold Mitchell Schwartz horribly uh, short on his ability at right tackle, and he's rewarding me by having what is likely going to end up being a Hall of Fame career. So as right as I was on that part, I'm going to end up dead wrong on the other part. Uh, but the okay. other part, the other reason I want to mention this is because the last time you and I talked in that, you know, you had a ton of admiration for Joe Thomas. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd use the word revered, but certainly he was a guy you looked up to. Uh, and so I, I have a couple questions with that. For, for, first of all, how long did it take you to figure out that Joe, you know, incredibly athletic, biotechnically, biomechanically perfect as an offensive lineman, hardworking and all that stuff, stud at left tackle, is also a gigantic goofball and everything else that comes in sort of the Joe Thomas package? I would say at least through the first few months of my, my rookie year because it takes you a while to even, like, open up to someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, you look up to the guy, you hear all about the, all these pro balls and all pros and what he's done for the city and what he does on the field. And at that point, I'm not even, like, saying hi or anything to the guy. You know, I'm just like, all right, be quiet. He tells you what to do. You'll handle it and stuff like that. But after a while, you finally get this feeling and you're like, man, there's a, you know, like you said, all the, all those accolades, but he really is just a guy having fun, like a big kid, you know, playing football. And, uh, and it was really cool to be a part of that. I mean, it's one of the things, like, you look at that offensive line that we had with Alex Mack, him, myself, Greco, Mitchell Schwartz, like, there was a lot of talent running around and a lot of uh, minds, like Alex Mack, Mitch, John, they're all smart, heady football players, too. So be able to be in that room as a rookie in second year and pick their brains and just kind of understand some of their habits, take one or two things from those guys was, was unbelievable and, and really a perfect situation. You know, I, I feel like I have enough pride in myself that I could be a successful lineman if I did fall into that situation, but playing between Mac and, and Thomas really, really improved, you know, my ability to translate from Nevada to the NFL. And the other reason that I mentioned that is because uh, the Browns for the last couple of years have, have been doing this show, Building the Browns, which is fantastic. They do a great job with it. And on one of the episodes, they had Drew Forbes. I'm a big fan of Drew Forbes out of southeastern Missouri State. State. And they have, you know, you meeting him for the first time. Uh, so, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm guessing it was a little bit of a similar deal, but I, I want to know how would you compare the first time you met Joe Thomas, the first time Drew Forbes met you? The student becomes the teacher. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. Cause I don't really remember the exact moment I met Joe, you know, it was just a blur. I'm sure I just said hi to him in the locker room or you know, introduced myself at least. And then I do remember like one of the first days I was there, the Browns asked me to do like this interview and I was like sure it ends up being with Alex Mack and Joe Thomas and so like they're doing this like sit down like blind date like oh where'd you grow up you know y'all all this stuff like get to know get to know your player and that was the first time I truly like talked to him one-on-one so it was a little bit awkward for us and we just saw Drew walking around um we were playing a little shuffleboard and and, and I, I just called him over to you know introduce ourselves um it was real quick I think he was pretty focused on you know getting ready for minicamp he's a not a no-nonsense guy, but he is he is focused on football, and he's trying to do everything he can to get better. So I'm sure he was getting into his playbook or something. He was not there to <laughs> to, to uh, joke around with us at that time. Our minds were on the weekend, and he had a whole three-day mini camp coming up. Yeah, they, you know, along those lines, like the the word that he, he you know apparently describes him is organized to the extreme. That you mentioned no nonsense, but he's very. Uh, 
preparation oriented and how he wants to get things done, which, you know, hopefully will, you know, help him be successful. Uh, you mentioned Nevada and uh, obviously your, your former teammate now again, teammate, uh, Austin Corbett, who that's the other thing that jumped out of me in that clip is Austin Corbett's shoulders and back are enormous. Uh, you know, what, what, you know, obviously you have somewhat of a relationship with him from college and now the NFL, what do you think uh, people have should expect from from Corbett coming into year two? Yeah, he did a really good job this offseason. I mean, we, I mean, I had uh, my first daughter Zoe um, in January, so I was pretty much in Cleveland all offseason, and, and Corbett was out for most of it. He went back to Reno for a couple weeks, but for most of the time, he was out here, and uh, me, him, JC were all working in the weight room really trying to push ourselves to improve on things. You know, for him, he wanted to bulk up a little bit, like, upper body like He has these giant legs, or he had these giant legs, you know, he still does. And he wanted to, you know, get some upper body stuff to work. So we worked with our strength coaches, Larry Jackson, Evan Marcus, and um, really just tried to put in some time in the weight room and, and understand. And I think he's put on a few pounds of good weight, and, and he's doing everything he can to, to try and be as successful as possible on the field. And you've obviously mentioned, you know, having a daughter and, and obviously congratulations on that. Hope all the best. Uh, your first daughter happened to coincide with your first all pro season. So my question is how many kids slash all pro seasons do you plan on having? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. I want, you haven't talked to my wife, but me personally, I'm thinking at least four kids. You know, I, I think we need even, I mean, I'll be happy with three too. I don't know. I don't know. We, I want a big family. Like I had a brother and a sister, so we had three kids growing up. But I'm excited for uh, for just the kids to be able to play together and run around and spend some time with them. But if it's a kid for every All Pro season, I might need to have five or six just to be safe. You know. Now we're talking. sure. Now we're sure. Um, now uh, I'm, I was one of six. So Joel, I'm going to tell you, it made I I was good with two, and even after my first one, I told my wife, if we're doing this again, it it better be quick. Um, but maybe maybe different financial realms, of course, you know, come into aspect here. Um, I do want to get, uh, you know, one thing, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Pete had brought up Austin, and I want to call Pete out for, he pulled a Hugh Jackson and said six sentences about putting you at right tackle when he only needed to say four. Pete, you hit on that. You didn't need to go that far. Um, but, Joel, with the off season here and what we're going through, last year, you know, even in camp, you guys were getting moved around. In the beginning of the year, didn't go so smoothly. Once everybody had defined roles, that second half of the season, like me and Pete were joking week in, week out when we were doing these post-game shows, it was like, did you even see a grass stain on Baker Mayfield? Was was the moving around, did that not help? Because it seemed like once everybody got into their defined roles, you guys were just an electric unit as an offensive line. Yeah, it was tough. It was honestly like, um, you know, as a player, you want to do everything you can to help the team. But it was a tough preseason for me, personally, you know. I, uh, you know, I went in thinking I was going to play left guard, and that, that was, you know, kind of the whole mindset of, of me all, I mean, my whole career was I was the left guard of the Cleveland Browns. That's what I've done every practice, every game, everything I've ever done for this team. You know, I've always put my left hand down right next to the center with a left tackle outside of me. And, you know, day five of training camp, they asked me to move positions and, you know, for someone who's done something, you know, his whole career, it was, it, was a, it was a tough move for me. And it took me a few weeks, and I finally told myself, you know, hey, like, if you're going to play this position, you got to be the best you can be at this position. And so mentally, I finally accepted that, that I was going to play left tackle for the season. And we <laughs> we thought we could kind of move it back, back around. And 
I ended up starting at left guard the first game of the season. So maybe I got 10 practices total at left guard. And I knew what I was doing, but I still was playing next to a new left tackle and getting back in sync with JC um, at center. It just takes time to, to develop. And, and Desmond has all the potential in the world. I mean, the guy is an athletic freak. Like, I tell him to slow down because no one's going to beat him with speed. It's all power related. And I tell him all the time, like, hey, take your time. Like, you're moving three times faster than everybody else because he is so athletic, you know. Um, and so just moving around, it did take us a while to gel. And once we got that cohesive unit, and Zeitler was out for all his training camp last year with his calf issue. Um, so it, it took us a while to hub with a new guy. It took us a while to gel. But once we got going, um, and Baker started understanding the offense, but it was a group effort. It wasn't just the O-line. Oh, they're playing night and day different. I think we did improve as the season went on. I think Baker improved. I think our play calling improved. I think it was a group effort of just kind of everything falling into place and showing, like, hey, they have some potential over there. And and with this, I mean, look, obviously, you know, Kevin's been moved on, uh, you know, obviously, you know, right guard, there's, you know, there's been some other linemen brought in, but the skill and as much as, as much many points as you guys were putting up, talk to me a little bit about the fact that this offense is now going to have more weapons like Odell Beckham Jr. and Kareem Hunt. It's, I mean, me and Pete, like we do some of these episodes sometimes and it's like, wow, like we forget about how much there is in this building talent-wise, even, I mean, both sides of the ball, but the offense especially. Yeah, it's, uh, it has potential. You know, I, I know we have <laughs> some talented guys in that locker room for sure. I see, I get to see it on every day, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt is a special athlete, and that's nothing to take away from Chubb because Chubb's a freak too. Like, those two guys together are, I mean, a one-two combination that's just like, you, you put one in for a series, the next one in for a series. Like I don't know who you want to who you want to face, and I feel like Chubb last year even was running against some seven eight man boxes, and he was still making things happen. So now when you put Odell on the outside with some of the other threats we have a receiver, and Baker going into a second year, I mean the potential is there. Then we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and we want to you know see what we can do on the field as a group. But just having those options, I mean, depth is what the NFL. A lot of guys have. Oh, they have a good first year. They have a good first option or second option. But when you can go three, four, five deep or three deep at running back, um, it really helps. It really helps. And if you plan on taking the runaway, then all right, let's see if you can still double team Odell. You know, there's options. It, let's see if you can cover a joker on the other side of the field. You know, there's there's things that we can do that can hopefully keep our offense firing. If they want to take one away, then we'll be a running team that week. You know, and hopefully we have the the ability to kind of change that up as we go. All right, before we throw it back over to Pete here, I just want to mention uh, the good folks over at Untuck It. Thanks for the sponsorship for the show. Uh, guys, look, dads come in all shapes and sizes. They need relaxing clothes, whether it's for work, whether it's for home, whether it's for weekends. So go ahead, check out Untuck It. We thank them for their sponsorship and use the promo code NFL at uh, untuckit.com. You, you know, nature of the business, you've had to become accustomed to losing great offensive line teammates. Uh, you mentioned Schwartz. We mentioned, you know, Mac. We mentioned, you know, Joe Thomas retiring and now most recently Zeitler. And, and that's not to take any of the guys like Greco and stuff. Uh, but with all those guys moving on, you go from being, you know, the young guy, uh, you know, expected to step in. How does your role change now with the offensive line and really the team as a whole yeah it's um it's been a journey like you said you know i kind of when we went through the 
you know, one of 15, own 16 run. We got a lot rid of a lot of veteran players. And then, you know, Joe retired. And so in those years, you kind of felt like, man, I'm kind of one of the older guys, but I was in year three and four. So I was like, this doesn't feel right mentally. And then last year, I finally felt like I could take that leadership role. And I had some, you know, skins on my wall. I had some ability. You know, I'm like, oh, I've started a bunch of games. I've been through some battles. Like, I have some experience where early in my career, you know, I was like, I'm one of the older guys in this room, but I don't know if I've had that reputation yet. You know, you want to make sure you have the respect before you start trying to be that leader of the room. But now, you know, it feels like, all right, I've been through some stuff. We've won some games. We're moving in the right direction. I've been in Cleveland. I've, I've gone through the ups and downs, a lot of downs. And um, and now we're ready to take that next step. So I, I feel like, along with JC and, and some of the other guys, we have a good room where if we can, you know, push things off each other. If JC has a better idea or, or Hubbard or someone like that, then we can all kind of work together. But I know what it's taken to, you know, kind of get through this hump. And if a young guy comes in and it needs to be put on the right track, then we have that ability to really, really push that. But for me, going into my sixth year now, I feel like I've been through a lot as a player. And, I mean, me and Kirko are, you know, two of the older guys that have been in Cleveland, the two only guys that have been in Cleveland for the last six years. And so we, we've kind of experienced it. And and uh, I feel nothing better than us turning around and, and turning into a winning team that every year you can pencil them in to, hey, this team has a chance and this team's going to the playoffs. Yeah, and you mentioned J.C. Treader. Uh, I can't let you get out of here without mentioning, you know, feel free at this point to just gush about J.C. Treader. Yeah. Uh, well, he went to Cornell. I don't want to hype him up too much. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. I understand he's an Ivy League like kid. <laughs> you know, he went to Cornell, so he's so he's a brainiac. You know, I mean, for if you're looking for like the brains on a center, this guy has them. Uh, you know, he knows every call. He knows what the quarterbacks are supposed to be checking to. You know, we help Baker make his calls, makes his checks. But um, the guy has it up there, and then just the toughness he's shown. You know, I mean, God, I've been through some of it too, and and a lot of injuries. And then if I mean. There's injury-prone people that pull hamstrings every week that, you know, hurt their bicep, that have a oblique strain. Those guys are injury-prone. When you get fallen on, you know, and, and someone breaks your Three leg times. or you have a freak accident, like, those things are, are unlucky. And he had some unlucky seasons, and, and this last year he got rolled up on pretty good in, in one of the games. Just the way he fought every week to come back. There was a few times where I was like, there's no chance this guy's playing. There's no chance this guy's playing this week. And for him to come out and, and fight for it. And, I mean, we had a playoff chance, but there wasn't a huge chance. And he was still coming out every week and saying, you know, I'll give it all, I'll give it my go. I, I'm not going to, you know, sit on the sideline and see this team go. And he could easily been like, I'll take the last few weeks of the season off. Because it was still bothering him as, as the season went on. And even when we watched some of the tape, you know, <laughs> from last year, I'm like, you could tell it was bothering him. And he still played well. So that's one of the things. I mean, he's a strong guy. He's athletic. You know, uh, he probably could beat me in a foot race right now. If I was, like, 15 pounds lighter, like my combine weight, I think I could take him. But um, but it, it, it's fun to be around. He has a good attitude. He's always joking around, and uh, he's a teammate you want and, and a guy that's like, hey, this guy puts it on the line for his teammates, for himself, and for the Browns, and that's all you can really ask. Uh, yeah, had, well, before you, before I get to that, uh, we had Kevin Zeitler on, and sadly this was, uh, you know, actually it was the week before – the Raven game, and I had asked him about it, and he actually even said, he's like, I don't know how he's doing this week in, week out. I, I, I just don't get it. He's like, 
that ankle is basically mangled. And, and we had, you know, some guys who covered the team who were there that day for the Charger game. And they're like, oh, man, well, you're lucky if you see J.C. Treader in a month. And there the guy was, week in, week out. And I think it was just maybe with J.C., I've missed so much time. You're going to have to pull me off of here. You know, bring the trainers, bring the cart. You're just going to have to yank me off this field at this point. It was amazing what he did. Yeah, when you yeah, have... Sorry, I was going to say, when you have, when you have a guy way. like that, you know, or, or multiple guys, because you had a couple guys playing through stuff. Tavier, uh, Thomas was a guy who was, you know, playing through a sports hernia. Emmanuel Agua was playing through an ankle the whole year. Larry. What does that sort of do to the rest of that locker room? I mean, you don't want to be the guy that taps out first. You know, obviously some injuries, you have no choice. The trainer doesn't even give you an option. Like, you're out. You know, that's, that's what it is. Your future, it's, it's your health. But other things are like, Hey, you can play through this. It's going to hurt, but you can you can get out on the field and, and and fight for your teammates. And when you see a guy like that do that, I mean it's it's inspiring. And and you can't let him down. You know, there's a few plays where he told me out there he's like, "Hey, I need some help on this one." It was a pass or something like that, and I knew I was going to leave him too quickly. But um, it's one of those things you pick your brothers up, and and it's something you get through that game and you feel good. You're like, "All right, we made it to this one. Let's get to the next one." And uh, it, you know, he put in that time and. And honestly, like for JC, it was it was tough, but it also gave other guys opportunities to practice. Guys like Corbett got center reps in practice, and Kyle Kalis got more reps. So, I mean, obviously, ideally, you'd have your five guys out there all the time, but with injuries and bang, banged up guys, it, it gave us a real chance to kind of explore for this year and see what guys can do. When did you know with Baker Mayfield? Ooh. Um, you know, I felt stuff, and I felt his moxie you know early we didn't really get too many reps from him in training camp and and things like that i know he came in for a game against the eagles i believe but um we didn't get too much so i didn't really feel it till i mean when when, when he came to the jets game i haven't felt the stadium like that ever you know it was loud it was all, we almost we almost had to be quiet and we almost had to go no huddle i mean it was it was rocking and then we won that game it was like well anything else this guy has a ton of energy and then you see some of the throws you made and some of the plays you made and then you go down and i'm not sure if we played oakland next or so i don't know but yep. oakland, oakland threw for a bunch of touchdowns you know what i mean and i'm like this guy is making plays and then just as the season progresses and then even the games where he struggled in you know the texans i know and the ravens he threw a bunch of picks and stuff like these games he came back and you know you always think about like oh he's gonna have a bounce back game next week he was having bounce back quarters like he would have a bad quarter come back the next quarter and be like all right he's back we're fine you, you know it's like he didn't go through game slumps it was like already right, had a bur- bad first half and then he'd come out in the second half and light it up and so things like that where you're like all right this guy nothing phases this guy i've never seen him down on himself i mean he gets angry and he learns from it but he's never moping about it you know it's always like all right we'll fix this next time we have a chance and the thing in the nfl is when you have a quarterback no matter what else is happening on your team, you can see with the Patriots, you have a chance to win games. And, you know, if he keeps improving like we want him to, that's, that's huge for the Cleveland Browns. We do the uh, post-game show. We do it after everyone. And it was funny that Thursday night game because the way it was going with Tyrod and it wasn't looking pretty early and me and Peter messaging back and forth, we're like, man, we're going to be up well past midnight to cover this. Then Baker went in. And it just seemed, it literally looked like the game got a B12 shot. It was all of a sudden, like, you know, you guys went right down the field, and it was, like, within, like, four to five plays. And, I mean, you talk about being in the stadium. 
that's what it, I mean. It doesn't resonate so much through television, but it did, and it was just. And even when they said, "Oh, well, Tyrod may be available next week for Oakland," but it was just kind of like, "Well, guys, who are we kidding? This is over." I mean, you know, he, he everything about Baker fit the profile of what you needed. You know, he was old enough; he was ready to go right away, and. And it just took off, and you brought up the Oakland game, and you know we always talked well about Darren Fells. He was one of my beat, and I love the guy because whenever he playmaker. asked playmakers, the name we gave him. But whenever you asked him to do something, they called his number. He got the job done. We actually shed a little tear or two on on him moving on. But just when that in that first drive, and then it went to halftime, and it was just like, all right, well. You know, and we joked, well, Cleveland, you know, look, LeBron's gone, but you may have your new king around here. And it just, I mean, it was just the coverage of this team, because we had taken this from early in 17, which, uh, I mean, Joel, I know it was hard for you. I bet it was hard even because it was just hard to try to paint the picture uh, to be pretty. But then just all of a sudden it was like, well, now there's the legitimacy here. You had good pieces everywhere, but if you didn't have that guy behind center, but oh my God, now it, it was off the rails. Yeah, he's he's a special talent, special guy, um, and he's always going to have that moxie. You know, people people talk about oh, he talks to the media like Colin Coward, Coward, and all the these guys. Like that's who he is. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and I don't want to really compare him to like Bruce Kepka, but he's kind of been famous in the sports world of like. Anything people say he can't do, he's going to do. And Baker has that same mentality, and he's maybe a little bit more public about it. But that's your quarterback, and he's going to go back it up on the field. And obviously we need to prove it going into year two, but the start of it, this first year, his first offseason with us, I mean, it's it's everything. He brings the energy, and um, he, he, you know, makes the team run. What do you think is the difference with the atmosphere in the building this year compared to last year? Um, it's It's exciting. You know, and it's hard because a lot of the off seasons you have excitement, you know, you're, you haven't lost a game. You haven't won a game. You know, there's only things to look forward to. So it's not like, Oh, the season's over, you know, or, or stuff already. But now it's just, there's, there's optimism. And I think it, like I said, it starts with Baker, but it also starts with guys like Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, Odell, Miles, JC Hubbard, you know, guys who are around who put in the work day in and day out. And you see them working. And, and guys who've been around the league, Olivier, I mean, the guy has been in the league for a while in Miami, in New York. And I feel like you can tell with someone like that, like, all right, he understands there's some talent going around here. <laughs> and there's some competition. And, and every year, you know, there's always that, oh, they're competing for a spot on the roster or, or something like that. Like, there's legitimate competitions now where it's like, hey, like, we have good players. We're going to have to let some good players go you know, when we cut down to 53 and it's, it's always, it's nice to have some depth at positions. Right. Uh, but having, but having been part of the group that one went one to 31 and now this past year, having gone seven and eight and one, and, and, and I know Freddie's been big on this and, and I agree with them. You know, they have, you guys haven't done anything yet, but at the same time you go from experiencing no success, trying to find a way to motivate yourselves to get up to keep competing when you're going through that stretch to now getting to sort of enjoy a little bit of success, even if it's not where you want to be, you know, how, when you're going into this, this year where, where there is a sense that you can be good, uh, you know, does, does the fact that you've been through that, is there, is there almost like, you know, this, this never, you know, this, 
we can't i've been there i i know what bad looks like I, i'm not letting us get go through that again oh for sure um and i look at a lot of guys haven't been through that but the guys that have that have been around know what it takes to at least turn the corner a little bit like you were saying and we do have expectations and i think expectations are good i mean if we weren't expected to be good at all like I've been, I've had bad expectations for almost every year of my career, you know, where it's like, oh, they're going to be last in the AFC North, they're going to be this, like, it's finally good, like, don't say it's a bad thing that we're expected to be good, like, the guys, the guys want to be a part of that, like, we're working still, no one, no one thinks that it's just going to be handed to us, but we know we have the ability to have that chance to, to really make that statement, and I know there's guys here, and I mean, I keep talking about him, but, but Baker's that reason, I mean, he is energy he has confidence he is a good quarterback and that's what we're all built around now we got to protect him and and really move in that right direction but there are guys here that aren't going to let us be go back in that direction you know i know dorsey and uh the staff are, are trying to bring in players all the time they want to work guys out they want to see who the best 53 guys are and um it's fun to, to be on the uptick. You know, we want to win. We want the expectations of this team's going to be good. The Patriots have it every year, and they've won five or six Super Bowls, whatever it is. You know, so that, that's where we want to be eventually. And yeah. and pe- people say that and stuff, but that's, that's the direction we want to go. Right. The fact that we are at a point where we lose count and we're not sure how many Super Bowls the Patriots have is insane to me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but along those lines, like you obviously have former teammates that are on other teams. I'm sure you've got friends throughout the league. What is, you know, when you talk to these guys, obviously, you know, there's a little bit of a bunker mentality when you get in there. But I imagine there's still time where you get a chance to talk to some of these guys. What are they sort of? telling you or what's sort of like the, the sense you get from talking to those guys about the Browns? You know, it, it's been funny because honestly the last, after the, and even in the year we went on 16, um, teams were, you know, guys on other teams were like, man, you guys got a, you guys got a solid team. Like you guys just need to find that quarterback or, or, oh, you guys are moving in the right direction. So I feel like teams understood that and noticed that, you know, there was teams where we played their D line and they're like, man, you're all right tough like you guys you guys are going to be all right in the future and even now like when i was at the pro Bowl and just talking with some of those guys like even even guys like you know marshall yonda and quinn nelson just other old linemen are like yeah man i mean cleveland's definitely on the up and up and those are guys we're competing with the playoffs for so they 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 know like hey there's some real players there's some real talent over there and there's someone that they have to i you know i think we were being circled on people's schedules to say like hey this is a win and now it's like there's going to be a battle, at least. It's actually funny that you brought up Quentin Nelson. Uh, he, yeah, we went to the same high school here in New Jersey. So I, I've known Quentin since he was like a 16-year-old kid, and he just had that drive. And you know, and hopefully the battles for all pro between you and him will go on for the rest of the years. Um, before you know, just real quick, and then a uh, question or two before we kick it back to Pete. Uh, guys, with Father's Day coming, you never know what to buy. Dads always need belts. Check out Grip6 Belts. They also now do have a woman's line. Look, it's not a gift. It's not a gift somebody wants, but it's a gift somebody needs. So check out Grip6Belts uh, slash Lock, L-O-C-K-E, and go ahead and uh, you know make a purchase over there. Eh, you know, stocking stuffer type of thing for a small gift for a holiday, guys. Check that out. Um, one I do have for you, Joel. Look, you got your carry last year. 
Freddie, Freddie will let anybody throw the ball. Uh, is there a chance we can get a Joel Batonio pass or a Joel Batonio route run this year? What do you think? You know, I'm not sure yet. You know, I think I'd have to be eligible as a tackle or something or a tight end for a player or something like that. <laughs> but without, with Freddie back there, you really never know what's going to get called. You know, I know we put in that three running back uh, – thing last year. Hilliard threw a pass last year, but he didn't actually have a carry. That is the craziest thing. Yes, exactly. So you never know what's going to happen, and I'm always ready. They want to make a cool uh, cool Batonio play on the goal line or something like that. I'll, I'll be ready to, uh, to make a play. Wow, man, Jumbo Elliott. I mean, that's there you not go. that we're not that far removed from, you know, getting the guard out there and some center guard eligible stuff. <laughs> Monday night miracle, baby. Um, yeah. And now the other thing, um, What's it like going out within the community now? Like you had mentioned, you know, because of your daughter being born, you had spent almost all of your time here in Cleveland in the off season. Does it just feel different going out within the community? I mean, you know, you know, running. I mean, running to pick up formula, diapers, or whatever. You know, one in thirty-one, zero oh in sixteen. That's one thing. But and look, this fan base. And we, me and Pete, try to say, look, guys, it's great that they got the seven wins, and that's a huge jump. But the seven to you know contending for your division and playoffs and that, that's another huge jump as well. But what's it like just going out as Joel Petonio within the town, within the community, running errands when people see you? It's got to be a big, big different feeling for you. Oh man, it's it's, it's been fun, you know. Uh, and I don't know if I'm getting noticed more just because the Browns are getting better or because I've been here for a while now, and so my face kind of gets circulated out there. But um, definitely a lot more gold Browns. Definitely a lot more good luck this year. Um, you know, a lot less, oh, hope you guys turn it around soon or, or hope you guys get that win or something. Like, now it's like, that win. hey, you, yeah, you guys are looking great. You know, you guys are looking ready. How practice is going? Like, there's an excitement. We just did our um, Cleveland Browns golf outing, and uh, I was with a group of people. And I think, I mean, everybody's through the roof. We just got the draft, you know, coming to Cleveland in a couple of years. And, you know, people are already tweeting about, oh, it's going to be the 32nd pick. You know, I mean, crazy stuff like that where it's like, Hey, we're we're moving in that direction, but uh, you know when, when we do turn this thing around finally, I mean the the city's gonna explode. It truly, truly is. I may or may not be guilty of making such a tweet. I'm. I think you were the first one. Happened. I think you were the first one to put that tweet out may there. Have <laughs> uh, Maybe that's the tweet I saw. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, I said it was the Trevor Lawrence draft, and Pete said the place is gonna explode when they open it up with Baker coming out with the Lombardi. I was just like, oh, here we go. That I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, so, <laughs> look, last, last year you had one of the most entertaining uh, characters in the NFL with the magician, pilot, great accent, stretch-hating, uh, hill-taking Bob Wiley. Uh, compare that to your new offensive line coach and sort of your impressions of, of, of James Campen. Yeah, um, Bob was a great coach. I really enjoyed my time with Bob. You know, we got two years in, and obviously, you know, it, it took us a while to, to get going, but um, it, it really turned around, and he always kept the mood in the room great. I mean, he he understood we were working, but he also let us have a great time, and I, I have nothing but respect. I actually just went down and, and talked at his clinic in, in Cincinnati as an offensive line coach, and we, me and JC and Corbett went down there and, and helped him out. He's He's doing better from his injury, so... That was awesome, but I've really started to enjoy uh, my time with Campy. He does a good job of, of same thing, honestly. With an O-line, you have to be so close as a group 
that you can't just be a military, you know, run them into the ground all the time. There's times to joke around. There's times to learn. There's times to um, really focus on the playbook. And he has a good mix of it all. He played in the NFL. He understands the business, but he also understands, you know, we're in OTA five right now and we have a hundred plus days before the season actually starts. Um, but Campy does a great job of, of pass protection drills, um, fundamentals. And that's really what we're working on right now. You can't really see how physical an offensive lineman is in OTAs. You know, we got helmets on, we don't have shoulder pads. We're trying to protect each other, but um, just the fundamentals and coaching points. He does a good job of, if someone doesn't quite understand something, he has a coaching point that's going to really, you know, hit it over to him. And he's always asking our opinions, which I think with, with different people, I mean, you guys have coached and, and stuff. So you understand that guys' bodies move differently. Like not every person can take the same step, but if you're doing it right and you're getting the movement and, and the work in, then it doesn't truly matter, you know, how you're doing it. It's just what the end result is. And he's all about that. So I, you know, I, I feel it's truly honored that I've got to work with both guys. Um, but I'm excited to see how we continue to develop with Campy. Which, uh, which animal comparison did you feel the most, uh, kinship of, uh, Bob Wiley's <laughs> comparison? You know, we had gorillas all over our meeting room. So I think that just got ingrained into me the whole whole time. It was just like gorillas everywhere. It was like a jungle in our meeting room. We had trees and and gorillas everywhere, and it was uh, it, it was it was a sight that's for sure. I mean, the first time I walked in there, I was like, "What is going on?" And then he went through his presentation. And you kind of understand what his uh, thought process behind it was. Did did uh, you ever get to ride in Bob Wiley's car? No, I never got in the car with him. I know. I mean, he. He talked. He always joked around like, "Oh, if you do this, I'll I'll let you borrow the car for a weekend." You know how he has that <laughs> Rhode Island accent and all this yep. stuff like Slash that. Boston. But I never, yep. I never got in it. Uh, I never got in. I never got to fly with his. You know, he can fly planes and stuff. I haven't gotten a plane with him. So maybe down the line, maybe it was one of those like coach player relationships where you, you know, I couldn't take any benefits or something like that. But I, I never got, I never got to jump in. Joe, I, uh, Joel, I want to ask you one here. Um. Pete and I go on endlessly about the play of Joe Schobert in, I think last year you saw it in the three games that he missed. Um, he's, you know, the middle linebacker, it does, you know, maybe sometimes it's untraditional in the modern day, but it used to be big back in the day about how important they were. But when Joe, when Joe was gone, and then when he came back, just the supreme work ethic, and a guy like him where it just seemed like everybody, all the other ten guys kind of like, peek back and and joe's got the you like a step to the left or a tiny step to the right and everything flows through him how important is it to have a guy like that who plays at a key position but also puts in the work yeah it's huge he uh mentally understands the game really well and he had a lot of control you know he has a lot of control there to get guys lined up get him in position hear the play and then go make plays for himself um, and that's the responsibility of the Mike linebacker on defense. And he's a guy that can play the run and cover, which is huge in this game. I mean, covering at linebacker now is huge. You know, you play nickel defense. You see nickel defense, I mean, 80, 70, 80% of the time. You know, I mean, base, unless you have, you know, a fullback in or maybe two tight ends. A lot of times they still play nickel to two tight ends because you have guys like David running around the field. But he, um, he gets everybody in position and he makes plays. You know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the most athletic guy. But he doesn't take bad steps most of the time, and, and that helps him stay in position, you know, and, and he can he can make plays. He's not going to come down and stump you, you know, like where it's like, man, this guy's a head rocker, you know what I mean? But 
he 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 can maneuver his body just enough, and he's strong enough to to hold the point. And um, he finds ways to make plays, and I I think he does a great job truly, truly pre-snap of getting everybody in the right alignment, knowing what defense to call and, and kind of being the coach on the field. Before I kick it back to Pete, give us one look. I mean, obviously now this there's a, you know, with former first-round picks and even high second-round picks like yourself and Austin, there are so, there's so much in the – give the listeners a name of somebody that you think has been putting in the work so far in OTAs, somebody we should be looking out for that maybe we're not who, you know, deserves maybe some credit here. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Again, it's hard to tell without pads on. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I would say right now, um, receiver wise, Higgins is doing a great job. You know, we haven't had our full range of receivers out there. Obviously it's been a huge story, but Higgins keeps getting wrecked. Really, Joe? We didn't know. We, we, we didn't know. Really? I mean, the word voluntary and OTAs, we didn't know. We haven't heard anything about this. None whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh. I think Hilliard's done a great job at running back, you know, when he's gotten his reps in there. I mean, obviously he has two guys that are here right now that in front of him that are unbelievable talents, but when he's in there, he's but there is a good play for us. And also there's that eight-game stretch where somebody's going to have oh, to help out true. with Nick. Yeah, okay. True, yeah. And then on defense, personally, um, you know, at the D-tackle position, obviously you have Larry and Sheldon who are both good players who are going to play a lot of football. But a surprise to me has been um, Daniel Equale. I believe he says that, that yes. last name that way. I mean, he's a big, strong, powerful guy. And I was I was scrolling through mini, rookie minicamp because he still was able to participate in that, even though it's his second year because he didn't actually get a credited season. And, I mean, he was making plays. And it seems like every time he turned, he's making a TFL or, or getting a sack. And he hasn't quite gotten the first-team reps or, or anything like that. But the guys he's gone against, he's really been making plays. And, again, we're not in pads, so D-Lyman's kind of, one of those tough positions, but he's been a guy that might be a depth guy on defense that's really been uh, impressing me. No, the only thing I would say is, is uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for the time. Obviously, I've been trying to connect on this in a while, and it's, you know, I, I, I it's been awesome that we finally got to do it again. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, we won't have to wait as long for the next time, uh, but, you know, this has been great. Uh, you know, I'm, you know how I feel about you. I'm a huge fan of your work, uh, continued success, and hopefully you get to finally, you know, this year and, and, and you know, our success uh, that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that, you know, you get to finally see it pay off in the way that you were hoping to when, when you came in as a rookie. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on and um, you've been there really from the start, you know, one of the interviews I did pre-draft and, and it, it's kind of been cool to, to, uh, to grow and be part of Cleveland, but I really, really forgot. And I mean, this sounds terrible, but I really forgot how it felt to win till last year. You know, I was just going through the monotony of it and it was, it, it takes a toll, man, not win games. And, uh, and it was, it was really, really tough. And then finally to win and enjoy it. And it was crazy just cause you could have a bad play, you know, and, uh, come out on top and, and obviously you learn from that bad play but it's like I didn't lose the game this week you know if you had a bad play or something like that you know you, you came out with a win and I'm really looking forward to the future and like I said I appreciate you guys having me on uh well I couldn't first off we couldn't thank you much and uh Pete obviously um you know th- th- thanks for setting this up and uh Joel look I mean just you know like Pete said continue success and but this is even the thing and, and part of it with the wins is you know look everybody in the NFL makes money and that's fantastic but you still want to go to your job every day and you know 
come home and, and, and feel good about what you're doing. And the problem is for you guys is the only way that works is if there's W's attached to it. And as we go through this now and as, look, the expectations grow, as much as the front office tries to just say, look, we're this is where it's at. I mean, everybody kind of sees who's in the building and, and the players that you guys all are. Um, as far as your family life, I wish you all the best. Um, let everybody know that maybe there won't be vacations scheduled in January. Let's hope for that, Joel, okay? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, if anything, you know, if anything, make sure you make a small deposit and you can get that that money back or whatever. Um, but it, gotcha. it was great. It was great for you to join us. Uh, you are welcome back anytime whatsoever. Uh, you know, sure, open invitation. Um, but you know, obviously, right. thanks to you and thanks to Pete for setting this up, uh, guys. This has been uh, Locked On Browns. Obviously, Pete's work over at Browns Maven. Follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore at your will. I I always recommend that. Um, the Locked On Browns Twitter account always a follow back account. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.